When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. You're with Jordan Canellis on SEN, your home of sport. Sliding, McLaren attacking, it's five! Still going, Nathaniel Atkinson, and look at the numbers for City here as they hunt a six, and they get it! Kolakowski! Melbourne City scores six in an A-League game for the first time in club history, and what an occasion to produce it in a dark. There you go. That was two games ago for Melbourne City where they beat Melbourne victory 6-0 in the derby. That will be a flag-in-the-ground moment for this uh, A-League campaign for Melbourne City. Their last match a couple of nights ago was just as clinical. Not as many goals, but still very clinical. 3-0 winners uh, against MacArthur. So they've scored nine goals unanswered in their last two games. They also won with a clean sheet two, uh, game prior to that against Western Sydney. So they're 11 and uh, 11 and 0, I guess, in goals for and goals against in their last three games. They are flying at the top or near the top of the A-League ladder. They're certainly climbing up and are, are almost, uh, well, in a couple of games. Who knows? They might overtake the Mariners at the top of the A-League ladder. Uh, they're in the top three at the moment. Des Buckingham is their assistant coach. He's with us here this Sunday night on SEN with myself, Jordan Canellis. Uh, Des, welcome. Yeah, good evening, Jordan. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, it must be. It must be a. It must be a, a place overflowing with confidence at the moment. Melbourne City, after your last three games, you've had clean sheets three, thrice in a row now, and uh, and a great win the other night against Macarthur. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, more so, just down to performances. Uh, you know, we come off the back of what were three losses, so football can quickly change, and we're very much aware of that. Um, but the last three weeks has been really pleasing to see. Um, obviously, the results are what we're judged on, and to get three results is great, but it's more so the manner of the performance which which we've gone about getting those results, which has been hugely pleasing. Do you feel like you're, you're playing the best football out of any other team in the league right now? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I think we, we what we're starting to do is show some consistency in the way that we want to play, and we're starting to piece that together for larger periods of the game. I don't think we've quite got to a 90-minute period yet where we've managed to do that, but it's something we're... We're trying to work on, and hopefully as the, the games come, as they will come thick and fast over the next couple of weeks and months, um, we can start really um, being a bit more consistent in those areas, and, and who knows. So what are those areas that you are looking to improve on? What still needs to be put in place for Melbourne City? Um, just just small things. Again, the, the, club, the club's gone through a big change over the last 18 months. Obviously, Eric Montbert's come in last year and implemented the a really clear way of, of trying to play the game um, in the City Football Group way. And PK and uh, myself are fortunate to, to take that on this year and try and add to 
what people see last year. Um, so we're trying to do that. Um, like I said, we're, we're only 10, 10 games in, and like you've mentioned, yeah, we're towards the top. I think we're sitting third after the weekend's results. Um, but again, it can quickly change. It's about just sticking to PK always goes on about process, um, just making sure we, we stick to doing what we've all agreed to do and hopefully the results do come. What feels like for the stuff that has gone right, and you, you guys were great last season as well. You made the grand final in, in what was a, a difficult season. You didn't have all your plays there for that final day of the season, but you still made it to the last day of the campaign. But now into this new season, and there is going to be overturn. It's not just what Eric Mombarts had put in place, but there was a turnover of players. New faces come in, new players, old players go out. What do you feel like now has clicked under Patrick Isnorbo? Um, I think he's just doing things, doing things more often and doing them better than we we, we have done before. And go back to um, sort of look at sort of a pendulum swing, I suppose, as to um, not getting carried away when things go well, and certainly not getting carried away when things don't go so well. Um, so just sticking to what what we all set out to achieve at the start, and just trying to add little layers, which um, people have certainly hopefully started to see in the last couple of weeks with you know the likes of Andrew Nabu, Jamie McLaren and Craig Noonan in the front line, and then the defence started to come together as well. So it's it's a little bit complex, um, but uh, it's been enjoyable certainly to watch. Jamie McLaren has been has been fantastic this season. He's up near the top of the Golden Boot race. Um, he's a he's a when you watch him, he's a he's a penalty area striker. Most of his goals come inside the box. That's where he does his best work. But you've complemented his style well with with that drive in behind from well out, out wide. Firstly, from Craig Noon and uh, Andrew Naboot, and then Connor Metcalf in behind. Do you feel like that that combination in your front four and even the others who who've been able to rotate through that attacking midfield line is that the cornerstone to your success? I think what it's done is it's allowed us to have different dimensions and different ways to play. Um, and what I mean by that is we know Jamie will score goals and has always been a threat in behind opposition defenders and he's shown that consistently in this league. Um, but with the strengths that the players that you just mentioned have, we've got Andrew on one wing, we've got Craig Noon on, the, on another, we've got the two tens in Conor Metcalf, Florent Berenguer, Luna and others um, that not only can go in behind but can also link play. And what it does, it allows, like you mentioned, like you said, it allows us to keep Jamie more central um, and keep him in the box where we want him and where he wants to be to score those goals, whilst not taken away from from the others. Is that what, as a striker, is that what Jamie has has? Did he ask for that? Did you guys provide it to him without him without him requesting it, or was that something that he said? Well, this is my strength, and this is where I want to play, and I want to play from the top of the D, and then and then moving forward into the eighteen yard area, and then. And you guys sort of supply the the the, uh, the the balls into me to finish. Is that something that he sort of worked through with you guys as a coaching group? No, not really. It's uh, it's again, it falls back into the, the style. And I think the one thing that I've certainly seen since I came in that's he's he's hugely this is Jamie hugely developed in his game so far this year. Is not just his ability to go in behind and score goals, but he's added um, another layer to his game, which is allowing him to come and receive and link play to feet. Um, so. He's, he's now not only a threat in behind, but he can also help us link play higher up the, the pitch. And he's worked extremely hard on that, as have the other. Allow us to create multiple different ways of scoring rather than just relying on, on him. Andrew Naboot, the addition to him, uh, to, to him in your squad now is, I mean, he's such a multi-dimensional player and some of the goals that he's been setting up for you in the last couple of weeks. He's a high-quality player. Um, 
how have has it has it is it easier now <laughs> trying to put your plans in place now with a guy like Andrew Naboot who's able to execute I'm sure the plans to a, to a high degree. Um, like when you've got quality players, things things are easier. Uh, that's goes without saying. Hopefully, um, the, but the one thing that goes, I think, unnoticed or can go unnoticed is what provides the platform for those players um, to get into the areas that they are, and of course, they need to, to finish. But it's the, it's the the work rate off of the ball um, that's been a huge area of focus for us, especially over the last twenty to twenty five weeks. The amount of work that goes on off the ball to try and win the ball in different areas and. You know, we have, we've had three clean sheets in the last three weeks, and, and that's been down to a whole collective um, effort. And when you look at the goals we've scored and the years we've won the ball back, um, it's right that those guys get the credit for putting it into the back of the net, of course. But it's about the, the work rate and the intensity that we've tried to, to really ramp up a little bit this year. Um, that allows allows us to have that success in that final third. Andrew Naboot recently said that uh, that he is feeling as fit as he ever has in his career. Was that was that his main focus heading into this season, the pre-season heading in? Is that trying to get not only his body right with a couple of injuries that he's had over the course, and he did start the season injured, but mainly just his his physical ability? Was he was he spending extra time in the gym? Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's. He's very keen to chuck a singlet on as, as often as he can to uh, show off his arms and his, uh, his upper body. So, um, but he, what he's, what he's done, he's brought uh, an, another kind of work ethic, um, and, and he's almost made the gym a place for others to be in the mornings. Uh, I joke with him in the mornings. He's always the first one in, and he's, he's almost recruited a little club with him. And um, that's great when you've got people that are so driven, they can take others with them, and then they're supported by the hugely skilled staff in that space as well. Um, it really helps, you know, drive standards and drive what we're looking for. Connor Metcalf has been a player that has been so fun to watch for Melbourne City over the last season and a half now. He's a young guy. He's he's barely 20. He's a great size for an attacking midfielder. He's an imposing frame that comes driving at the defence. He's got great technical skills, uh, as we've seen recently. He's able to hit some some pretty long shots as well. And, um, and we, I think he admitted he got lucky a couple of uh, a couple of matches ago when he when he scored one on the left foot at the front post. Um, but uh, how long dares until he gets poached by a club in Europe? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't like looking too far forward. I think the most <laughs> important thing for Connor is he, he's one of you know he's one of quite a few now. Um, you know, you've got Connor, you've got Nathaniel Atkinson, um, we've got young Tom Glover in goal, and then there's players that, um, that haven't featured very much uh, so far this year: Talas Gamorka and uh, Marco Tilio, Kevin Stokes, um, who are you know all young players that have been at the club either for between six and th- six months and three years. Um, so the pleasing thing is that youth group coming through and not only coming through but when they get their opportunities they're not only going in and, and performing once they're going in and, and kind of start to string some consistency to his game and um, he's actually playing the game with a real smile on his face uh, at the moment which is yeah, a pleasure to see how much have you seen of the new training base down in uh, in southeast melbourne i was down there yesterday so uh, we went down it's my second visit down there but i took the uh, reserve team or the the mpl side of yesterday uh, we played the victory and we used it as an opportunity to play those players that I've just mentioned to you that haven't had much game time. And that included Scott Galloway and Ben Garuzio, um, Naoki Subaki, uh, as well as the young boys. Um, so we actually played on the field there yesterday. And it's, it's, uh, it's looking really good. The pitch is looking good and you can really see the development of the, the area. Uh, you've been involved in the A-League before with Wellington as an assistant coach. And so you've been in and out of the A-League, among other uh, coaching duties that you've had, Des. 
Uh, for the years that you have been involved in the A-League, does this feel like the highest quality season on the field that we've had in a while? Yeah, it's my fifth year. So I spent three years at the Wellington too as an assistant to finish off the last year as a head coach there. And yes, it's my, um, my first season back in. And what I, th- what I think is, I've certainly seen is the, the technical ability of the players has certainly risen during that time. And I know there's been a lot of emphasis put on the amount of opportunities for young players, certainly this year due to restrictions. Um, but what they've done is they've gone in and not only shown, you know, you get your chance maybe because of restrictions or because you performed well enough, but it shows that players from this side of the world, and, and I'll include New Zealand in that with the time I spent there, players this side of the world are capable of not just competing but, but winning. Um, and I think we've seen that at club level. And I think we'll see that on the international level as well when they go to age group tournaments and hopefully uh, the international stage with seniors. How much is that a reflection on uh, on the coaching standards in Australia? Have they lifted? Have they improved at at youth level down the down the down the youth system at um, at all the A League clubs and also the NPL system? Is that is that something that you've been able to notice the coaching standards? I haven't been able to get around and have a look to give a fair answer to that. I would um, I'd, I'd I'd say I'd like to think so. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to give you an honest answer, but. Um, I said you only need to look around the A-League sides at the moment to see the amount of young players that are playing. And not just playing, they're actually really exciting to, to watch. I mean, even the game I've just switched off and I've got on the background at the moment with Western and Brisbane. There's uh, some really exciting football being played and uh, certainly some exciting games that are being watched over like, every weekend at the moment. And from the coaches in the A-League, so there's this year because of coronavirus and because of various reasons, there was a huge turnover in, in all of the head coaches. Your club was involved in one of them, obviously, with Eric Mombart, who we mentioned earlier, uh, leaving, and Patrick Cusinorbo stepping into the head coach's role. But elsewhere around the league, across the last sort of two or three seasons, we've seen Mark Rudan come in, Ufuk Tale at Wellington. Now we've got Carl Veard at Adelaide and Warren Moon at Brisbane. Different coaches, different styles, of course, but... What have you been able to notice in, in what they might share together in, uh, in I guess, their modern football coaching philosophies? Yeah, I was, I was fortunate to work. Um, I'll, I'll see Mark Rudan work in Wellington and, and Ufi in Wellington and now, of course, PK here. Um, and, yeah, I said they're very different people, very different coaches, but they've got very different ways of doing things. And for me, that's what's uh, it's good about life and football. I've, there's no one way of doing something. Um, and uh, they've certainly put their own stamp and been successful in their own relative ways. You know, uh, you look at Mark at Wellington and then Western, um, playoffs, both occasions. Ufi done a fantastic job at Wellington last year. And um, PK's had some great successes uh, at the football club prior to taking on the head coach role here. So... Um, it's exciting that they're getting those opportunities to to showcase and and hopefully have a long career in the game. Do you think we're seeing and, and you did put this down before as well to the the quality of the players, but even from what the coaches are putting out and, and how they're planning their matches, are we seeing uh, a bigger trend now in the A League of faster, more positive, direct football? Um, you certainly see more goals. So if you want to put it down to that, yeah. it's, uh, fans are certainly getting their money for the goals being scored. Um, but yeah, I think uh, with, with everything that's gone on and people trying to showcase what they you know want to put out on the field, um, I don't know whether you want to say it's brave or it's people really trying to show that they can play a certain style of football uh, rather than trying not to lose a game. I think what we're certainly seeing is teams going out trying to win games more often now and, and that always makes for um, interesting scorelines.
Des, uh, your next game is against the Mariners, so a really big game coming up for, for two of the, the best sides in the league. It's on Monday, the 22nd of March, so it's uh, it's over a week away. It's a pretty big break, 10 days or so between uh, from your last game on Friday, just gone to your next game coming up on the following Monday. Uh, and then you've got a shorter turnaround between that and the Wanderers. Um, firstly, the Mariners, what have you? Uh, what are you planning for against the, the team who tops the league? Yeah, well, they, we played them a couple of weeks ago up up there, and they they beat us three uh, two. Um, so we're, um, we're looking forward, firstly, to to a couple of days break, which is what we've had, just to refresh because the season's been pretty broken already, um, and I'm sure it won't be the last time. So uh, the, the the rest will be good for us, so we can get everyone back fit and firing. Um, but we're really looking forward to playing them. Uh, so they still sit top of the league, and they will be when we when we come up against them. And the focus will just be on on us and making sure you know you've spoken at the start of the show around you know three wins, three clean sheets. But it'll go back to we want to get better every game, and if we can continue to improve on the performances on the field that we've had, the external result will take hopefully take care of itself. But it's important to us that we just keep getting better game by game, and we'll be trying to do that against the Mariners. And do you feel like you've managed the uh, the schedule well enough? Midweek games, short turnarounds. Has it have you guys as a team managed it well? We've managed it as well as we, we can. Um, when we, we got to the airport a couple of weeks ago and literally had our boarding passes in our hand with our bags checked through and then um, the lockdown kicked in. So some, oh. some things we don't have control of, so we didn't board the plane. Um, but what we do have control of um, is what we know is the next two games. And, yeah, we're, we can be as prepared as we possibly can be for that. And, again, the players have been fantastic, even to a point, I said, those guys that didn't play Friday night um, in the last game against MacArthur, they drove. We didn't leave the stadium until 10 o'clock at night, um, but they were at uh, Casey Fields for 9 o'clock the next morning to make sure that they could get a game in their legs, get 90 minutes to prepare themselves. So it's not just the guys that are on the field, it's the ones that are really trying to push their way into the team that are uh, making sure they're ready should they be needed. Des, it's been a pleasure chatting to you tonight. Uh, well done on the form so far and, and where you guys are placed on the on the table. And good luck for the matches ahead, in particular the Mariners, which will be one of the, the games of the weekend coming up. Uh, good luck for it all and thank you for joining us. Anytime, Jordan. Thanks a lot. Des Buckingham with us, the assistant coach at Melbourne City, who are, after the weekend's results, sitting in third on the A-League table with uh, six wins and four losses. No draws. The only team to not have uh, played in a draw. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.